Welcome to The Humble Hustle, the only podcast for inspiration and motivation with real-world examples of failures that redefine success for men and women who understand that hustling happens every single day. Welcome to Humble Hustle. I'm Jackie. I'm Nicole. I'm Vivian. And today we're here with the wonderful Melissa Butler. Hey, Ah, Melissa. Thank you for having me, ladies. I appreciate you all. Yeah, we're so excited. I know. I know you're so busy, and we really appreciate you even having time, especially during your downtime while you're home in Detroit. (laughs) Um, So we'll get right started. So Melissa is the founder and owner of The Lip Bar. I want to say the world's first vegan makeup I don't know. Company <laughs> specifically for people of color. No, uh, we're not we're we're not the first. Um I think we're the first to launch in in big box retail okay. like Target, especially like being black owned. I know we're we're the first of, of that. But yeah. honestly I don't really try to keep up with the first and stuff because mm-hmm. I, I can't I'm just like my head is still down working. Right. So a lot of people ask me like, Well, how does it feel? How does all this feel? Like First of all, everybody thinks that I'm rich and famous, which I am neither. <laughs> um, but I'm like, I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't feel, because I'm in it. Like, I'm still so deep in it. So it's hard for me to kind of, like, lift my head up and look around and, and feel like I've made it, because mm-hmm. I don't. That's just simply not how I feel. I feel like I have so much further to go. And it takes, it takes a lot of practice for me to, like, be present and be grateful for where I am and like Mm -hmm. look at how far I've come because I'm actually not I'm not thinking about that like yes that is my journey but the way I think about entrepreneurship or like goals is just like no 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 I'm supposed to get here because I've worked my ass off to get here like so yes I'm gonna celebrate it and like be happy about it but for me it's almost like you know, checking off my to-do list. It's like, okay, I did this great because I've been working on this for two years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, 100%. And it's just, these are the goals I set for myself. These are the things I know I need to do in order to grow this brand. Um, not necessarily I want it for all of these accolades. It's because this is really your passion project. This has been your baby since I met you in New York in Brooklyn yeah. <laughs> when we lived off of Pulaski and you were in the kitchen stern. Um, So for those that don't know you and are not familiar, just give a brief history of how you got started and what your background is in. So um, a lot of people or most people who own beauty companies are either makeup artists or makeup enthusiasts. They grew up playing in their mom's, you know, their their beauty drawer. Um, That wasn't the case like I as an adult I taught my mom how to like wear makeup and like what (laughs) makeup to use um I'm not passionate about makeup I I tell my customers that I make it a point to tell my customers that because it's not about the product it's about like makeup is just the byproduct of what we're doing and what we're doing is changing the way people think about beauty ultimately changing the way people think about themselves so I started the company in 2012 making lipstick in my kitchen because I was frustrated with the beauty industry and it's lack of diversity it's Mm -hmm. excessive amounts of chemicals and I am just a solution oriented person I'm like okay something went wrong great things always go wrong what is the solution like I don't harp on the bad things um unless it's like super personal but (laughs) 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 um so instead of like complaining about the lack of inclusivity in the industry um I was like well I can fix it 
Mm-hmm. I can I can be the solution. Like I can create something that will be the solution that reminds everyone that they are enough. And so the lip bar was that solution. Um, of course, no one just knows how to make lipstick in their kitchen. Right. I don't have a chemistry background, but I was like, I can learn it. So, but where does that come from that I want to solve things? Do you come from entrepreneurs? Have you always been an entrepreneur? Um, no. And, and that's funny because whenever you read books, it's kind of like, oh, little Steve was selling lemonade or such and such <laughs> was fixing bikes or, you know, like the Zappos guy. I think he was like selling um, like pictures to like Boy Scouts or mm-hmm. something, um, like framed pictures. So I didn't grow up selling stuff or, or just like – I don't, I don't know where that part came from, but I've always been, a, I was a bad kid. I was a bad <laughs> kid who just, I didn't take no for an answer, and I, I was always a fighter. Like, mm-hmm. that is who I am. Like, I am a fighter. In some ways, I try to fight that because sometimes it's like, Melissa, this is not worth it, but you're getting mm-hmm. so riled up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've always been a fighter, and so when I believe in something, I believe in it very strongly. And I think growing up in Detroit, and I have a friend from college who who's not from Detroit who would say Detroit is the land of the light scan, wet and wavies. <laughs> And what, what does that mean? Right. So what but what that meant was Detroit is the land where like most black women are light skinned with long hair. Okay. Like with good hair, I'm doing air quotes, y'all. Right. So it's like most black women in Detroit are light skinned with kind of this good hair, this wet and wavy hair sort of thing. And it's like I'm not light skinned and, and though I've always had high self esteem and I've always felt like I was pretty mm-hmm. because like my mom instilled that in me. Right. I knew a lot of people who didn't feel like that. I knew a lot of people who felt like, oh, I'm not light-skinned, so I, I'm not pretty or I'm not good enough. Or I've even seen it, like, where boys don't approach black women if they're not light-skinned with long mm-hmm. hair. And so I think at a very young age, I became an advocate for, um, like, diversity within beauty. And I think that's kind of, like, what spearheaded me um, to launching the lip bar because it was less, again, it's less about the product and more about the experience that you have with beauty and the experience that you have with yourself and ultimately how you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if you feel great about yourself, you can then lend that same level of care and thoughtfulness to someone else. But if you're hating yourself inside, there's no way that you can love your neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. And so that that's kind of always been you know, my why. So it had nothing to do with like my mom being an entrepreneur. Um, she wasn't, but my mom is an, like a, a hard worker. She's like super woman. When I see her, like, like she comes to my house to this day and will clean up my house because I'm a slob. She'll come and she'll she clean up. Vivian? <laughs> she'll, she'll come. Are they friends? Are we right? sure? <laughs> she'll come and clean up my house and I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this for my kids. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be as great of a mom to my kids as she, ooh, ooh, I don't know. Listen, Viv has (laughs) reorganized my entire pot pan plastic situation while I'm out of town. I come home, like, I can't find anything. But I do have a cousin, um, and he is probably the reason I'm an entrepreneur and the reason why I knew that I could be an entrepreneur because he was an entrepreneur. So in high school, my cousin, he's in Detroit. His name is Courtney Brown. Um, Basically, he was the first serial entrepreneur I've ever known. Like, he had a throwback jersey shop. 
He had an ice cream shop. He <laughs> had like a weave company. He's had so many businesses. But at a young age in high school, I was like basically helping him run his stores and like mm-hmm. counting his register at the end of the night. And he was teaching me about like margin. Like, oh, okay, this is how much you spent for the jersey. This is how much you need to charge for the jersey. And then this is your profit margin. And so I think that that level of exposure kind of like let me know that I could do this. Yeah. Why not? And that's the one that small part about understanding margins was like the first thing I noticed from you. When I went to your house the first time, you were doing something and something fell. And you were like, that's $222 worth of stuff right there. <laughs> and I was just looking like, how does she know that? Like, and I've just always been impressed with like, no, you know, every part of your business down to the penny. And most people don't get that. They don't understand why that's important. No, you can't throw that case away to the point to where when I would order from you or go to the store, I'd be like, don't you give me that bag. You did. <laughs> don't you give Even me that paper. Use that on somebody else. I don't want none of that. I'm putting it right in my You're bag. You're like, I don't home. need the flyer. I know everything I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you want me to give this to somebody? Because you're not giving this to me. <laughs> and I just really appreciate the way that that has been a resounding, um, I want to say, just story throughout you of like, you know your product, you know your market, you know what it looks like, but you also understand how much an experience means for women, which is why I think everyone is enthralled with the new store in downtown Detroit. I never go in there and I'm the only person in there. Hmm. Never. Yeah, I mean, so first of all, I'm really excited to have been able to open up something in my city. So I started the company in New York. I moved back home maybe four years ago. Um, and Detroit has just changed so much since then. It's a completely different city. But part of the reason I wanted to move home is because I wanted to, well, number one, I was going flat broke in New York City, like <laughs> flat broke. But then number two, I really wanted to be a part of this renaissance that was happening at home. So I'm really grateful that I've been able to like hire people. Like we have a staff, like we have like 18 people. I've it's actually was, too many people. People be like, fry yay. And I'm like, fry nay. This is payday. No, 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 no. Like, let's let's roll it back to Thursday. But <laughs> but I'm super grateful to be able to, like, employ women in the city and to have opened up a store downtown Detroit because people thought I was crazy when I moved home. I remember. People were like, beauty doesn't live in Detroit. Fashion doesn't live in Detroit. Like, this is going to be impossible. And I was just like, no, I want to be a part of the rebirth. So, yeah, it, it makes me all warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah, and then I remember when you and um, Rosalind partnered and you were like, I need to make a p- space for people in Detroit to go physically go buy this. Go try this on. So you all did a couple of pop-ups and then you are permanently in there now, right? Yeah, I mean... We in Detroit are, is a new black. That's downtown on what we're... Oh, no, we're not in Detroit is a new black. Now, no. it, it didn't It didn't make sense because oh. we opened up a store. Oh, yeah, around the corner. Right, right. Right directly behind her. Yeah. So, um, but, like, huge fans of Detroit is a new black. When she opened, I went and bought the cutest little raincoat. <laughs> like, it's so cute. I've only worn it once, but when oh, I wore it, I felt, the, like the, yes. <laughs> yeah, I felt like Superwoman. Yes. Yeah, I felt like Superwoman, honestly. Um, but that's one of my favorite things about Detroit, to be honest, because most big cities, it's almost, like, impossible to, like, grow a business in, like, the downtown area. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are on the outskirts, but right in our hometown, like, in the prime, relo- prime retail um, locations, you have things like the 10 nail bar and Detroit is the new black right. and Detroit blows and 
yeah, all those black girl magic things happening yeah, over there. Yeah, <laughs> so it just it just feels good to know that like we are definitely being a part of this renaissance that's happening in our city. Mm-hmm. And do you feel that's powerful? I think um, in Detroit there is an unbelievable number of female entrepreneurs. I mean, that entire Parker's Alley where you're at, the Shinola Hotel, is nearly all female-run businesses. It is. From Good it Neighbor is. to Posey drought. to Drought mm-hmm. to you. I mean... That's yeah. pretty phenomenal. Oh, right? it, and I oh, think it there's is gotta phenomenal. be a great feeling of connection. And, and we and we talk all the time. Like I mean, I share Posey's internet. Like we are <laughs> on her internet plan. Like talk about I love that. community <laughs> commerce. Like we're like, girl, how much you paying for internet? Let's get on that because right. we're literally sharing a wall, and it's yeah. like it, it, doesn't did, even it make didn't sense. make sense. Yeah. Like the Wi-Fi can definitely reach. Mm-hmm. Same thing when we had our pop-up shop next to um, Amina at Live Cycle Delight. We shared her Wi-Fi yeah. because there's no need to right. have, like, extra right. bills. Like, we're all small entrepreneurs. And the thing about entrepreneurship is, like, no matter what industry you're in, no matter what stage of business you're in, you're kind of all going through the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And so to, to really understand that and to be willing to provide any resources that you may have is, is incredibly important in order for us to have, like, collective growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you think – creates that community that niche because everyone tends to think it doesn't exist yeah I don't know why people think that it doesn't exist and I've also heard that people think that it only exists within a certain in crowd Mm -hmm. um and like while the lip bar might be in the in crowd today you know three years ago we probably weren't in the in crowd I think three years ago people were kind of like oh that's the girl who's making lipstick but now everybody thinks that I'm rich so so (laughs) there's there's this perception that people are willing to help now because we already are established Mm -hmm. um but but to be completely honest, the lip bar is where it is today because we've always had this community, and I think it's all about our authenticity. So I've always just been a normal person. Like I love telling, like reminding people that I am just a normal person. Like mm-hmm. I'm not striving to be anything other than me. Um, and so I think you kind of give what you what you put out. And so I've always just put out positive energy. I've always put out this idea that, like you know. It's collaboration over competition. And so I've always received that back. And so you talked about engaging and being authentic. How do you stay in touch with what the community and what the girls want? How did you know that we needed bronzer and highlighter? Well, I am the community. <laughs> that that No, for real, that's, that's the thing. Like, I'm maybe in 20 years, like, it'll be a little bit different. But I really pride myself on understanding what my customer wants because I am my customer. Mm-hmm. In real life, like, I, I'm always, like, right now I'm, like, bragging about knowing how to do my makeup because, like, we've created some products that really help me to do my makeup better. Mm-hmm. I don't come from a beauty background. I am not a makeup artist. I cannot do a wing liner to save my life. I actually don't try anymore. I, d- I just don't <laughs> try. <never> <laughs> I don't try to put on lashes anymore because it takes too long, and yeah. I just I don't really have time for it. Like, I'm on a plane every three days. You know, I'm right. never in town. Mm-hmm. Every time you hit me up, I'm like, uh, I'm in Taiwan. Uh, I'm <laughs> right. in Spain. Uh, I'm in Atlanta. So like, I I needed to to be in a place where it's like I needed my beauty regimen, my life, my community, my friends, my family. I needed to to work for me in a way that actually works for me, as opposed to like rejiggering my whole life to try to make something work. And so, 
I've just always been that person kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to like reach this goal by any means necessary. Like on the back of my business cards, it says like my superpower is that I don't take no for an answer. And that is a real thing. But the reality is it's like, okay, well, as as a beauty consumer and as a beauty brand owner, I know that makeup has been become like incredibly intimidating. People are spending hours of their time like watching YouTube videos. I never will un- never will yeah. I understand. And it's like I get it. They're they're fascinating. Yeah. Like they're they're fascinating, but it's like the reason people are actually watching them is because they're trying to acquire a skill set because they're trying to learn. And it's like the reality is if you really like boil it down and I do this like within our company, I always like have my staff like think about the five whys. Mm-hmm. So like if something is going wrong or if something like whatever it is, think about the five whys that got you there. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, OK, well, people are spending hours watching YouTube videos. Why? It's like, oh, well, because they're trying to learn about this new product. Why? Mm-hmm. Because the product by itself doesn't give you enough education on it. Why? Because people are assuming that you know more about makeup than you actually do. And like as a beauty brand owner, I don't know that much about makeup and I am in the industry. So like I, I approach it from the customer perspective because again, I am the customer. I know that like when I was in high school and like in college, bronzer was the first thing that I ever like really wore. It was like bronzer and blue mascara Uh and like a clear lip gloss. Like Uh that was my jam. And like the way people apply bronzer now is like contour and you know, highlights, low lights, all that sort of stuff. Girl, I haven't been able to do that right A palette of about 10 colors that you're just trying to figure out how to mix them up together. Exactly, (laughs) But like I used to just put bronzer all over my whole face because I didn't have a technique. That's still what I do. And that is still what I do. Let's be clear. (laughs) But it was a matter of like, oh, I just thought that that was a thing. But now makeup has become incredibly technical. Mm -hmm. It's like you need to do this. You need to do this. When you watch a YouTuber's page, it's like these 15 things that you need to do or 15 things that you need to buy. And I'm like. I still don't understand baking. I'm I'm not doing that. I don't have time for that. (laughs) I'm 48. So that all just falls in the creases. (laughs) I look older. I need less makeup. Not more. Because the more I put on, it just finds all the creases and wrinkles. Get smile lines here, and everything is sitting there. Do you know how you hide them? You just keep smiling. That's you keep smiling. You keep smiling. You can't tell. Uh, so, uh, Melissa, the the concept behind um, these, you know, fabulous shades of nude, and you know, the ability to look at your audience, right? So, you looked at international skin tones relative to the national ones that are in your community. What sparked that particular concept and idea? Because it was it was amazing, right? It was like <gasps> that's my color right there, right? And I think everyone got that level of excitement out of it because I probably have tried about ten different new colors, and you know, still was like, oh, I still have to mix something. Mm-hmm. But finding the right one across those shades. Nudes have always been difficult and I think that's why um, like if you look at the beauty industry like the Fenty effect has really taken off even though other people had 40 foundations before Fenty but like their marketing like was really bent on like you know showcasing the diversity not just having it it's like celebrating it and so like we have 16 nudes I think we have more now but it, it's like the same concept like my nude is different from your nude it's different from Jackie's nude it's different like we all have different nudes in this room and like we shouldn't have to work so hard right. so everything that I do at the lip bar is like about 
bringing makeup to real life because in real life I don't have time to try to like learn what this looks like I don't have time to like find four different lipstick shades just to find Mm -hmm. my new like I just need it and I just need it to work because I'm busy everybody is busy like people are working nine to fives people are having like working nine to fives and having two side hustles trying to cook trying to eat healthy trying to work out Clean up trying your to pray like you're trying Throwing to do so much yeah, yeah. No. I, listen i have so much respect for moms because i i don't understand it i don't understand how people are running businesses and being moms like i i just i guess a partner running around with yeah. a diaper on my head I, I would like, be running around with a diaper on my body. And, and I think, <laughs> I think Viv and I can both, because we do have kids, because yes. one of hers is sitting at the table. And been, <laughs> um, and, and been running a re- business on, you know, and working a nine to five. I, I yeah. think I think the, the kids part is they're just another business. Yes. They, oh. they are just another venture that you are oh. trying to grow. That's, a That's interesting. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. They, it, I always tell people, like, my house is a business. I got a budget. I got people that are employed. I've got product that I got to get done. We have yeah, things we need to get done around the house. Right? Babies what? are considered not un- not employed. No, you right? put them to work as soon as they get those. They are the worst skills, kind right? of employees, the ones you want to fire but you can't. Okay. So insubordinate. I'm oh, getting it. I'm getting it. Yeah, yeah as really, soon as they just, could put punch a hole in paper, you know, it was like easy. Sit on it and punch it. So whatever yeah. work, whatever worked at that My time. They are the most <laughs> expensive kind of passion project what right. that is um, <laughs> very I true. like that very though. Yeah. yeah I like that because like so I'm not married um I don't even have a boyfriend do you have um, a house plant I, I have a lot of plants, plants. <laughs> well good you have enough time at home then I have like 10 plants but I'm never at home and like you know I'm really I'm really impressed because they're living but I was gonna say <laughs> they must be watering each other right. <laughs> what I was gonna say is like um I'm not I'm not in like a committed thing right now where I have to like devote so much of my time. So like the lip bar has become my baby. And so like a part of me like wonders like, okay, well, Melissa, if you treated your your love life as a business, like maybe you would be a little further <laughs> along with it. So so the idea of treating your house like a business, I like that. Yeah. Nicole, you sparked the aha moment, right? <laughs> What am I putting in? That's why I'm not getting nothing out. I can't. I can't. And you're, you stopped taking no for an answer. <laughs> you stop oh, real man. fast when you're dating. Like, no, I'm not dealing with you. <laughs> that's true. That is true. I know because I do it. <laughs> no. That's I'm not like, I don't have no capacity. No, look, uh-uh. I'm not my, willing to my email? Any, Let me get I'm not willing messages. to put any work towards this. <laughs> it's, this is on me. This is I why I'm single. to happen. Hey. I have those moments. Dang those thoughts so take us back to um you know you were working a nine to five in new york Mm -hmm. and you were you know in the lab yeah cooking lipsticks in our kitchen yeah take us back what what was the culminating moment to let you know that you were stepping out big wide and you were Um, walking away from it so i was just a really excited about it um, and I, I think I have an excited personality I can get really riled up about anything like I start a new business like every week like that's what y'all <laughs> don't know like in real life like my my business from last week I bought a website domain and I have an Instagram page for it we'll see if I do anything with it <laughs> but like 
So I am an ideas person. Like I've always been a very creative person in that regard. And so I think the lip bar, it wasn't the first idea that I got really excited about because the lip bar is actually a brand that I stole from my first big exciting idea, the soap bar. So and I'm not <laughs> So the soap bar was the first business that I was like not only am I excited about it but I'm willing to put work towards it because at the end of the day ideas don't matter without the execution. So I have this idea of the soap bar um, I'm making soap in my kitchen like I'm doing this for probably a solid six or seven months and one day I was calling a soap supplier to to get pigments and he said well is this for lip balm or is this for soap and I said what this is for lip balm I didn't know anything <laughs> about making lip balm but I couldn't believe that I could use these pigments and lip balm and so immediately I scrapped the soap bar and like took the whole business and called it the lip bar instead like wow. literally <laughs> and so <laughs> And so, um, you know, I was experimenting and I worked on the lip bar for probably 15 months before we launched. And after we launched, I worked on it for another year and a half before I decided to quit my job. So I don't think I've ever had the moment of saying like, you know, this is it. But I was always passionate passionate about it because I always had this strong why. So it's like when I decided to ditch the soap bar for the lip bar so easily, by the way, um, it was really because I, I was very passionate about like changing the way people thought about beauty. Because as a little girl, I had always been this advocate for diversity within the beauty space. So it was something that I felt very very closely tied to and I was like I can make a difference with this I mean after I think our first big break was us being sold on urbanoutfitters.com hmm. and like even then I didn't feel like I made it I was just like oh my god they said yes like how is this gonna work oh my god are they gonna find out that I'm still making everything in my kitchen like I was always very nervous about that like I was incredibly nervous that like it was a bad thing that I was being so, so scrappy but I think that's where like the beauty and the growth came from because I used to do so many facets of my business. I learned what contract manufacturing was. I learned what my blacklist was, ingredients that I wanted to use and didn't want to use because of like that initial process of me wearing every single hat within the business. Yes. Yeah. What do you wish you knew in your first year? Um, in my first year, I don't, I don't know. So I am the type of person who I don't have no any regrets because I feel like everything that happened allowed me to get to this point and I needed to learn every mm -hmm. lesson. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't think that we should be further along because I do. I think the lip bar should be a much bigger brand and that's something that I kind of fight. It's like, where does the idea come from? Is that is that comparison? Mm -hmm. Is that... Um, you know, is that just false expectations? Like, where does that idea of, like, I should be somewhere else? Like, my friend, I have a really close friend who hates the word should because mm -hmm. he's like, that implies that where you are is not where you're supposed to be. And so I try to kind of get back on that track. Um, but, but yeah, it's it's hard. It's, it's, entrepreneurship is hard. It's Being an adult is hard. Being a beauty uh, in the beauty industry, especially as a person of color, is difficult. You know, being a leader is hard. Something that I've been saying a lot when I do, like, 
panels, and I say it often because it's something that I just realized this year, um, and it really like it was like a light bulb that clicked, and like it's it's just kind of stuck with me. It's like anyone can be a CEO, but it takes practice to become a leader. Mm-hmm. And so like that's something that I have been been working at and like that is that is difficult. Like being a leader requires emotional intelligence and it requires um it, it requires a fuck ton. Let's just be clear. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean it's it's all growth and like I'm open to it, but there are certainly moments where I'm like, "Uh, why can't I just be there already?" Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> so being the Y girl, because I'm a Y girl, and I know I drove, and I still drive my mama crazy. Uh, <laughs> what do you think you attribute to how you how you align all of this ambition, all of these questions, and then saying, okay, I asked all these questions, but I really need some help? Um, Is it hard for you to ask for help? No, it's not hard for me to ask for help. Um, I used to be the person who wanted to know everything. Mm -hmm. And so it used to be a point of embarrassment, I think, when I felt like I didn't know things that I should have known. And that was probably a couple of years ago. And I think just new experiences have gotten me out of that because I've been faced with the reality of, like, there's no way fucking possible for me to know this. Mm -hmm. Like, even, like, we're in Target stores, and, like, they're always, like, you know, just our brokers or our sales teams, like, they're always using, like, these acronyms. And I'm like, what is that? And they'll (laughs) they'll just say, like, yeah, for the the TPC and the da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, what does any of that mean? So now (laughs) I'm, like, way more forthcoming about what I know and what I don't know. Um, But that is also still a struggle. So it's like we have an investor now. And when someone invests in you, it's, it's, it's really an investment in you. Like the company is like, okay, yeah, we're investing in you to, to make this company happen. But ultimately, it's an investment in you or your team. Mm-hmm. Um, so there have certainly been instances where I felt like, ooh, what do I know? Or like... I don't know what I don't know mm-hmm. just yet. And I think that I have tran- transitioned a little bit to being a little bit more forthcoming and, and and frankly making them be forthcoming with like, okay, well, what are the goals so that I know that I'm performing? Right. Like, what do you expect of me? What does growth actually look like? And just being very transparent with that. And then after that, it's like you don't really have that much to be embarrassed about. So it's kind of right. like I am trying to get to this goal, and I need to know like what that looks like for you. How long did it take you to um, to make the decision to expand on hiring people? So it started off with just you and and, Rox- and Roscoe, right? Roscoe, right? Yeah. Um, no, it didn't start with me and Roscoe. It started with. Um, at first, it was just me, and then I assemble a team of all of my friends. So Roscoe is my best friend and my creative director and my partner. So like, I think Roscoe was the first person I asked to join the Lip Bar team, the very first person. But then I also asked my friend Toya, who's like, she was, I mean, Toya is a lot of things. I think eventually she'll be president of a university. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had like this publicist background. So I'm like, 
can you be my PR person? <laughs> and my friend Alina, she's just like naturally really good at sales and she worked in, in banking. I'm like, can you be my Alina salesperson? Can sell anything. She can sell anything. Like, she can sell It's kinda scary. I've never met anybody anything. like anything. I'm like, you need to be my head of sales. I didn't even know what a head of sales was or what they <laughs> should be doing, to be completely honest. But I assemble uh, a team of my family and friends basically uh, I think I had like seven people on my team but none of us were getting paid <laughs> to be completely honest I didn't like really start paying myself until last year like a, a real salary everybody just turned around like wait what <laughs> yes I'm talking about I remember poor. when you told that me that sounds about right <laughs> like, four years in four years in six years six in. years yeah. in poor yeah. And when I quit my job, it wasn't because the lit bar was making so much money. It was just because I was like, eh, what do I have to lose? Like, because, again, I'm not married and I don't have kids. The only thing I really had was student loans. And I'm like, I can deal with Sally Mae. And if I can't, <laughs> she'll deal with it. Right. You know, somebody's going to deal it. with it. <laughs> so I'm like, I can, I can, like, see what happens here. And, like, the, I guess I was just thinking, like, I would rather just go for it. And, and fail, then, then regret not going for it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there were many times where it's like I probably could have or should have given up because we weren't making any money. So when I moved back home, I was like broke, 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 but I really believed in, in our vision and I was really willing to do whatever it took to like keep going. And I had rolled up on you and that truck was still in the driveway. You were like, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I think we might go on tour. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had the lit bar truck. That's when I was living um, by myself. So, yeah. like, we started growing a little bit. And I was like, okay, I'm going to move out of my mom's house. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, talk a little bit about, um, you, you kind of said it, but wanting to quit. So, many people don't talk or think. I think when people are on the outside looking in at us entrepreneurs, they're like, oh, everything looks so great. You just, you know, you chill all day. You do this. You work from home. And I'm like, you don't even understand. I have five piles of laundry staring at me, and I have to stay dedicated to my computer. Like, right. And I just feel like I'm being taunted. <laughs> like there is a clothes, clothes monster, like, dancing in my living room. Yeah. How do you figure out, When like, is your birthday? April 3rd. We're like, oh, yeah, that's true. I was about to say, you're messy like me. Our birthdays are are near. (laughs) That's true. Um, And how do you balance, like, I can count how many breakdowns I've had in the past month of, like, girl, I have, I had a breakdown. I'm having a breakdown right now. Like, I'm not, I'm, that sounds like an outer body experience. No, no, no. That sounds funny, but, like, I'm, I'm not joking. I was just telling someone on my team, I was like, I am having a moment where I need to check myself Mm -hmm. because, like, I'm experiencing, um, imposter syndrome. I'm experiencing, um, (laughs) no, in real life, I'm experiencing, like, jealousy. I'm experiencing a lot of stuff right now. And so, it's a difficult place to be in because it's like when you're consistently being praised but you are not where you want to be it's kind of like i'm like waving and crying at the same time yeah <laughs> i oh, mean <laughs> in terms of like wanting to quit i mean i don't i don't know that i've ever wanted to quit actually i think that there have been times where i'm like how am I going to make this work because I don't have any money? Or, like, mm-hmm. how can I keep going? Not necessarily, like, I want to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that's that's a big difference. Like, there, there are certainly times when I'm just like, I need a break. Yeah. Um, like, I need a break right now, but I can't have one until January. So, whatever. That's just no, the I reality. Push through. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, I have gotten really good with accepting 
um, failure. I've gotten really good at What's it. that process like, though? When things go wrong. And failing. And failing. And, and feeling like you're... Or feeling like Feeling them. like yeah. you're failing. Yes. Um, no, I had just a real-life failure last week, like a real one. Like, mm-hmm. a, a undoubtedly, a failure. And I was just like... I think I yelled at a couple people. Um, and then I was just like, all right, well, what do we do next? Mm-hmm. And I think... it. it I wasn't always so good at accepting like the no's and the failures, but over time, and I've been doing this for seven years, like you just learn that it's a part of entrepreneurship. You just learn that like, listen, you can't win them all. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like I, I pitched to one retailer like a year ago and they ended up saying like, uh, no, this is not, this not gonna work for us. And like, in those moments, you have to be honest with yourself. You're like, okay, well, why, again, five why? whys. Why didn't this happen? And then, you know, by the time I got to my whys, it was like, Melissa, you're not even ready for this. Mm-hmm. So it's like a lot of people, you just have to be honest with yourself. Like when we, we went, when we went on Shark Tank and we didn't get a deal and they were really mean to us, like if I were being honest with myself, we weren't even investable at the moment. Yeah. Like we didn't even know enough about business to be taking on outside money. People think that investment is just like sexy and it's like you know the end all be all and it's like but what happens when you get money and then you just waste it Mm -hmm. right when you don't even know how to manage it or you don't even have like the right team in place and that's interesting considering your background in finance most people would think like oh you're a natural businesswoman you're like no there's so much shit i don't know yeah i mean there's so much you're always learning and like industry specific things Mm -hmm. financial things like and and my goal is certainly not to be um, the best person in the room. Like, I want to own what I own, and I want to have other people who can take greater ownership over other things so that Amen I can, like... Amen to that one. Yeah, yeah, so that I can just be me. It takes me. time to come into that, though. Yeah. yeah. How do you it, take the ego does. out of that to be able to say, I don't know at all? Um... I don't know if it's a matter, like, I don't know how to take it out. I think I had to learn the hard way just by, like, watching other people, like, just know stuff and, like, <laughs> listening to them, like, ooh, Melissa, you don't know shit about this. <laughs> <laughs> and just, like, just trusting it. It's, like, yeah. especially when you're hiring people, it's, like, you're hiring people not to be yes people. You're hiring people so that they can help you grow and scale and, like, understanding, like, the value that people have and just respecting that value and, like, actually using it as as an asset so um but i I think my first real key hire was my operations manager Mm -hmm. and her name is also melissa um hey mj if you're listening um and when she first joined i was like oh my god she knows so much stuff (laughs) like she knows so much stuff about this industry um and not even beauty but just about like manufacturing and Mm -hmm. things and i'm just like you know will she think that i'm like competent and and then it like hit me like Melissa there's there's no one who knows more about what you're doing than you Mm -hmm. because it's like this is your train Mm -hmm. right and so like you can't be afraid of you know having people with all of this experience come in and you certainly can't allow that to dictate how you feel about yourself Um, I was listening to Lisa Price one day of Carol's daughter and she was saying like you know one of the things that um that she felt very uncomfortable with when all these people joined her team after like the whole L'Oreal thing and she felt like she was no longer you know of value almost yeah she felt like she couldn't really like be the pilot of her plane and mm-hmm. she was like that was the biggest mistake yeah she was like because I started people can trusting feel it too yeah she was like I started trusting other people more than I trusted myself and like that's when things actually like 
took a wrong turn. And so it's just like understanding like, listen, as a founder, because my goal is to not always be the CEO. Lord, I cannot wait until you bring in, you know, someone to buy the, I'm praying on air. I cannot wait <laughs> until you bring someone in to buy the lip bar and they take over as the CEO and I can just be the creative person. Thank you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you, you just got to know, like, your your job in real life your job is to not know everything like it is just not your job because you cannot be good at everything like you need to be good at what you're good at and like what i'm good at is like being a visionary and driving marketing Mm. were you always good at delegating um no yes i don't know i'm not sure i think i've always been a bossy person i think that's different from delegating though (laughs) i've never been afraid to delegate but i think delegate like actual delegation takes skill set yeah. Like knowing. That's what I'm struggling with right now. When and yeah. how. I just remove myself. Let go well, let someone yeah. do something. I, I, I'm I slowly removing myself. It's also a part of what you said earlier, that you wanted to learn all that you thought that you could learn about the industry. Mm-hmm. Because you have to be able to inspect what you ex- expect, right? Mm-hmm. So as and long as you knew, one. like, entry-level things about those particular components of the business, that strengthened your, mm-hmm. you know, leadership role in the company. And I... And I want to say that's kind of where Jackie is. It's like I got to learn it all. And I step back and I let her learn all those things yeah, that she Yeah, learn feels it, like, but you don't have to be the expert. But you don't have to be mm-hmm. the expert yeah, at it. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to be the expert. So, like, we just started digital um, marketing, like paid media this mm-hmm. year. Like, this is our first year actually investing in marketing. And I didn't know anything about it, like literally nothing. And I hired an agency, and, like, you just have to always be, like, willing to be a student. So I hired an agency. Now I'm telling them what to do. I'm like, this is how you should be thinking about it. Right. You know, but that's because I was willing to learn. Like, again, I'm not the expert. I don't even know how to run the ads, but I know the psychology behind the ads. Mm -hmm. And I can teach what the psychology should be in order for you to actually talk to and acquire customers. Right, right. Mm. I like that. Yeah. Um, what What is your biggest challenge right now? Um, managing people. Managing 18. people is, I think, the the most important and most challenging thing that any um, CEO will have to like encounter because it's like you need people who um, are going to work you know, incredibly hard. You need people who are going to like keep up your brand ethos. You need people who um, who are gonna trust you ultimately. And all of those like look like very different things. Right. And I am, like my management style is very direct and like that can be off-putting for some people. So like learning like, you know, what that looks like. Do I need to change a little bit or do I just need to put buffers in between me and them? Um, which is has been my answer because I'm just I'm just me. Yeah, no, hundred yeah. percent. But it's hard. I had a CEO recently tell me she's like I would have the most successful company in the world if it wasn't for employees or my customers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's if I could true. Just do all it, of this make me over and over again, I'd be fine. Yeah, because it, there it's it's a hard balance. You want our customers yeah. to be happy, but you can't make everyone happy. And we yeah. want employees who are always great at doing what they're doing, but they're also humans and have failures and shortcomings. And yeah. it's and feelings. And feelings. Oh, and feel. It's mm. the feelings. So many feelings. If it's a, especially in your industry because it's female-based, women have so many feelings. And, and, and my women. team is all women. Yeah. So yeah. many feelings in the business place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're just a team of me, my mom, and my sister. And girl, some days I'm like, 
who has feelings and why do you have them? And some days it's me with all the feelings. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, right? what is wrong with y'all? Why do y'all have feelings? This is what we need to do, X, Y, Z. I try. I remove myself when I have feelings. Like there have been times when I literally, I'll go into the the office and I can tell that I am being the person mm-hmm. to drive down the mood. And I'll say, y'all, I have a bad attitude today. I'm going to leave. Yeah. And they just laugh and then mm-hmm. I leave and then I go and I sit on my couch and I'm just like, Alone, and yeah. that's great. That works. See, I work with my we mom. Just, She's we like, just go talked to your about room, that. Did go in the take a nap, and come <laughs> back out. We yeah. just talked about that. I said, listen, if today is not your day, stay at home, right? Because we <laughs> yes. have a lot of shit to do. And if you're going to come in here and whine about everything, then it's like, we're not going to get anything done. Yeah. You know, it's like, what do you want? I want to eat. I want to eat. I want, you know, it's like all of these other things that you're trying to do to saturate <laughs> that emotion. Go deal with that shit and then we'll see you tomorrow. Because <laughs> I literally came in here like on 10. About right. A I was like, Lord, please I just wanted a quarter. And there was no right? one around. <laughs> there was just no one around. I just felt so lonely. So and I, was like, I, I just, just want to I just want to say that, oh, this Pop-Tart. Yes. <laughs> Just now. She just came now. in hangry. I'm like, Super hey. jolly all day. Oh. And then it was like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry right now. I'm going to have a headache. I need a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> she came in in this sunshine dress, and she was not sunshine. Oh, she can't God. help it. She's an Aries. Do you guys believe in, like, the signs? Oh, wait, I'm a Libra, and Listen, I am all Libra. It is so true. I used to not believe it. And when people would try to say something about my sign, I would be like, yeah, oh, whatever. you know my life, whatever. <laughs> and then I read it about mm-hmm. myself, and I was like, oh, my God. That's mm-hmm. me, yeah. And yeah. I'm surrounded by Tauruses. They're all Tauruses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've I've learned that about myself, and I usually can control it. But today, but today I was like, no, I'm I'm hungry. Like no. Mm-hmm. And I apologize, Robin. She offered me so many things, and I was like fixated on this pop tart. Like no. <laughs> you, you need you need to do the five why. Right? Why? <laughs> no, I am. As soon as I get home, because <laughs> I was so mad at myself. I was like, I'm fine. I'll figure it out. All right. Anyway, um, tell me three things you believe in wholeheartedly. Um, I'm about to say something that's really, really crazy. Okay. okay. It's really crazy. All entrepreneurs um, at, are crazy. At so first, no, no, no. This is crazy, and it's kind of sad, actually. Um, I was about to say, I wish I could say me. That's an honest answer. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I think it depends on the day. Some days. I feel that. Some days I'm like I'm I would literally woman. I would put me in all three of those slots, and some days I was I would be like oh uh uh-uh, we need to find a replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- three things that I believe in wholeheartedly: confidence is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, uh, karma is real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Confidence is everything. Karma is real, and that there is beauty in everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm. Snap, snap. I like that. And a good lipstick can make your day. Yeah. That now that is true. That, mm-hmm. that is that is one hundred percent true. Like if you would have put on Boss Lady, you would have felt you would have felt completely different. Mm, right, like me. Listen, is a mirror. Yeah, you didn't need that pop tart, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you should actually throw it away. I am. Now I'm mad about it. Now it's sugar. <laughs> No, sugar, mm. no, man. Um, but I like those answers because, like I was saying, we took the, the girls there yesterday, and two of them were having really bad days. Mm. And over the walkover, I was like, what's wrong? Like, what happened? And I was like, you know what I learned? Um, my grandma said, when you don't feel good, just get dressed up. 
Mm-hmm. And then I met Melissa, and she said, put on some lipstick. <laughs> and I was like, and that's why we coming over here. You're going to be cute by the time we get out of here. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and she was just so happy for the rest of the day. And so I like those answers because it just really embodies everything that you represent. And Thank it's so you. genuine and authentic. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. Uh, last question. Second to last question. Um, what are the three common myths about being an entrepreneur that you hate? I don't, I don't hate any of them because I just understand that this it's just misinformation and mm-hmm. a lot of people just don't know. Like a lot of people just don't even know um, what business means or what it is. Like, and I get that because I think I used to also have a lot of misconceptions of what a business was or what being a boss is. So I don't hate any of them. Um, but I think some of the ones that are harmful is that like being a CEO or being a boss is easy. Um, that that can be harmful um, mm-hmm. to people. I also think that um, this idea that you know raising money is like the answer to all of your problems. I think that one is also like a, a very harmful one because then you lose all your company and maybe you lose someone some money because mm-hmm. you haven't really figured out how to be creative enough or you haven't figured out who your right team is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally that you own your time so a lot of people think that as a founder or as a boss like you own your time and it's like I work way more than when I worked on Wall Street Mm -hmm. I work like I go to sleep I mean yeah I, I go to sleep working I wake up working when I'm on vacation I'm working I'm I never turn off and like this is the life that I chose and it's fine but it is incredibly difficult and I certainly don't own my time and I I certainly like a, a lot of people think that if you're like a CEO that that means you don't answer to people I answer to so many damn people I have to answer to my customers I have to answer to my my team I have to answer to investors I have to answer to everybody before you even get to answer yourself exactly Mm -hmm. it's like you're you're constantly you know having to show up and you know I think that that is the complete absence of of time and Mm -hmm. and freedom now am I doing what I love yes is it the most fulfilling thing I've ever done Absolutely. Um, is it the hardest thing I've ever done? Oh, by far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is there anything you want to announce or tell us what's happening? Where are you yeah, going to be? What's, what's going what's on? What's coming yeah, up? I mean, for the last seven years, we've only had lip. Um, and then, like, I was afraid to launch outside of lip because we call it the lip bar. And I just decided to step out on a, a limb. And for the last, like, almost two years we've been working on like new products a lot of new products so we just launched our bronzer blush duo so officially the lip bar is more than lip now um and i'm just excited people are loving the bronzer and blush duos it's getting a a lot of like rave reviews but like that's just the start like that's the precursor Mm -hmm. like i wanted to launch something outside of lip before we launched everything else just to get people in the mindset that like the lip bar is in fact more than lip so we're launching a lot of stuff this fall we have a lot of exciting stuff happening um yeah September onward so it's about to get crazy um get your coins ready from now till January basically is what she said literally (laughs) and on social February actually February and on social and on the web where can people find you you can find us at thelipbar.com everything is at thelipbar on Instagram Facebook Twitter um you can also find us in Target stores across the country that's awesome yes 
I'm Thank so you. proud of you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes. Very excited to get my bronzer. <laughs> yeah, your travel bug. That's your shade. It's bomb. So the bronzers are cool because they're like, they're curated by complexion. Yeah. So it's like the second layer of it is a highlighting blush. So that number one, you don't have to carry three products. You don't have to carry a bronzer, a highlighter, and a blush. It's all in one. But then number two, you don't have to think about like, what color blush works for you because we've already taken the guesswork out mm -hmm. so i love that it's gonna be bomb i cannot <laughs> wait i'm so excited every time i go by the store i'm like oh it just closes my hands like slide down the glass I'm like i'm gonna make it happen now yes last well, thing mm -hmm. five words that describe who you are um <laughs> i was about to say something so ratchet <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say something so ratchet actually say it <laughs> Just say it. No, I can't say that. Is it, it going to get us beyond an E? Because we can't get beyond an E on right. our podcast for explicit. So. Well, listen, Niles, James, um, everybody's coming here and they've been them, their true selves. <laughs> so. um, well, what I was going to say, I can't even say it. I, can't, I literally can't even say it. I don't even talk like this, which is what makes it so funny that, that this was literally the first thing to come to mind. I was going to say I'm a badass bitch that takes <laughs> That doesn't take no for an answer. Hey, but all right. That part's true, though. Yes. That is true. Wait I a minute. That. You need to say that again so that that could be the part that she records and you use for the promotion. <laughs> Um, King, no, Kong, like, King Kong, King <laughs> Kong. I'm a, I'm a beauty advocate and, um, yeah, I'm a self-esteem advocate and I'm just, I'm a hippie. I'm a hippie that just, I'm, I'm, I'm out here striving. I don't have five words, but I'm amazing. That's, that's my affirmation for today. I am I enough it. and I am amazing. I yes. That's awesome. All right. Thank you. Thank Melissa. you. Thank, Thank you. All right. Thank you for joining us. If you like what you've heard, please rate, review, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen. We should definitely hang out more. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at thehumblehustle.co and on our website at www.thehumblehustle.co. Have questions, need advice, have an idea? Drop us a line at hello at thehumblehustle.co. We are proudly recorded in the studios of Motor City Woman. All production and editing is by Robin Kinney. 